Good morning, church family. I got a video I want to show you guys real quick. Please take a look at this. What friends I did have left from the Army were there, to moving back home to really I had nobody that understood anything I went through. I didn't really go outside. I got angry at everybody and everyone. I became very jaded at the world. And I told them that I was taking oxycontin milligrams, and they didn't hesitate to give them to me because I wasn't in your bed. Just taking them was not doing what I wanted them to do, so I started to snort them. And then after that wore off and that wasn't doing a good, I started to be an IV drug addict, and at that point, everything changes, and you become something you never thought you would be. She finally just got her stuff and left. I was left in a trailer in Buffalo with nothing, basically. I just had my first kid. I was no father. I was no kind of husband. 
and really thought about killing myself. Like, there was no other option. Unfortunately, I had burned every bridge there was to burn. But I went home and somehow convinced my parents to let me spend the night. And the crazy thing it was, they were not, you know, they were not mad. Like, my dad being the godly man that he is, uh, he just simply said, let me pray with you, son. And he just started praying with me, and just all of a sudden, I had a divine encounter with God. I felt a loving conviction like I'd never felt before. And just had an overwhelming experience. And then from that moment on, something was different. So I'm in the parking lot of WFR, and I walked in and talked to the ladies up front, and they were very sweet and welcoming. And they told me they had somebody they could talk to, and that was my call. He gave me the opportunity to come into one of the awakening recovery homes. I tried to do something that I've never done before, so I just uh, humbled myself. It was an action. I didn't have to think humbly, I actually had to do something. So I made myself do a lot of things that I normally would not want to do. Like, when I ended up getting my vehicle back, I ended up driving guys to work every day, not because I had to, but because I needed to. Because I really was figuring out that this whole thing, this whole Christian walk was not about me, but it was about making Jesus the big deal and making him supreme. Living in the house for nine months, God slowly started bringing back a lot of the things that I'd lost, like my wife and my family. And he didn't give it to me all at once, but he did bring it back slowly. And when I was faithful with a little, he gave me more. That time had really changed my life. And after getting to see all the work God was doing in their lives and in mine, I continued to go back. And after working there for several months for free, uh, Debbie actually asked me if I had any money one day. And I told her no. And that's how I became an employee of Awaken 514. After that, man, God just really brought me a long way. It's really not about anything that I've done. I get this story all the time. People say, how can you possibly be a drug addict? You look nothing like a drug addict. And I simply tell them, it's not me, but it's God working in me to become just what he has me. He has bigger plans in my life than that. And it's only through the realization of a lens of looking back, I can see through the eyes of a loving God that the things I thought were painful experiences, trials, have now been, you know, given way to produce bigger and greater things in my life. And I'm thankful for the experience that I had and get to live out every day. That, that video uh, indicated that's Kyle Smith. He runs the uh, recovery home ministry connected to WFR Church. I appreciate you guys giving him a hand clap of applause and appreciation for sharing his story. If you have served in our country's military, would you please stand this morning so that we can honor you? Let's give these men and women a a round of applause. You are appreciated. We honor you today and we thank you for your service in protecting our freedoms in this great nation. So this weekend is about honoring those who gave everything, that gave their lives. We have, a, we have another day where we honor those who are still actively in service or who have served. That's Veterans Day. But Memorial Day of the two days always feels, to me, heavier. 
It feels heavier because it's the day we remember those who gave everything, those who we have lost, those who are no longer with us. And that's one of the most difficult things we can go through in life, is to have loved ones taken from this world. And if you've ever had a loved one who, who, uh, whose life ended unexpectedly or suddenly or, or sooner than you would have liked, you can feel the heaviness that I'm talking about. I get to work with families all day, every day, week in and week out, and sit with them in those kind of moments. And, and I think to myself that sometimes it feels like trouble just follows us here on planet Earth like a shadow. We've got an 8-year-old, a 6-year-old, and a 4-year-old in my house. I talk about them all the time. We watch uh, all kinds of different movies. And when they get a movie they like, we watch it like hundreds of times. And when I was thinking about how trouble just feels like it follows us, I thought of the movie Peter Pan. And the, the, the main character in the story is Peter Pan, who, who finds this young lady named Wendy. And he happens into her room one night because he's chasing, you, you might remember the story. Anybody remember what he's chasing? He's, he's chasing his shadow, right? And it's only in the movies that your shadow doesn't follow you everywhere. You know, if you go outside right now, you're going to look down and you're going to see your shadow. And I think it's easy to forget that trouble follows us just like a shadow. And in the book of Job, chapter 5 and verse 7, there's a man who's lived through this kind of trial. Everyone in his family is dead except his wife. They passed away unexpectedly. And this was a faithful man. And not only does his family die, he's stricken with illness. There are boils from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. And he is in significant agony. And he he sits in a pile of ashes looking for a piece of clay pottery that he can scrape these boils with to relieve some of this agonizing pain. And he has a couple of friends that walk up to him and, and they're trying to give him direction and counsel. And a lot of what they say would be hard for anybody to stomach in that moment. But one of Job's friends named Eliphaz says something pretty profound in Job chapter 5 verse 7. He says, Job, when you're born, you're born into trouble. And it's a day like today, it's a weekend like this weekend where we remember those who have given their all, who surrendered their very lives for others that really hit me heavily and make me think, you know, that's it. Trouble really follows human beings. As surely as sparks fly upwards, Eliphaz the Temanite would tell Job, trouble follows men around. I was camping a couple of weeks ago. We made this huge fire. And if you've been around a campfire, you know that as you feed the fire with wood, it, it burns what you're feeding it, and then upward fly these sparks. Heat rises. That's a, a physical phenomenon. It's a fact. And, and, and for sparks to occur, one piece of material has to be heated in the crucible of a fire. And that's really what warfare, in my, in my, in my estimation, is, is like. 
It's about, it's about entities going into a crucible, a fiery furnace in a way, a situation that's difficult and desperate. And in the midst of that difficulty and desperation, there are sparks flying, there's trial, there's tribulation, there's tests. And in the midst of all of that torment, we can, we can find peace. We can find peace in the midst of that difficulty. And that's what Kyle shared with you today. Man, I was in a situation where trouble just felt like it was following after me. Like there would be no relief. Like nothing I could do would ever medicate the pain I felt. And then there's this moment where Kyle understands, I've got to surrender. And he used a word that's really hard for lots of us to stomach. He said, I had to get humble. Everybody say that with me. Humble. When we, talk, when we start talking about humility... What we're really talking about there is surrender. Am I going to stop trying to find solutions in myself? And am I going to start surrendering myself to the God who has the solutions that I seek? And in Jesus Christ Church, it is in our moments of greatest surrender that we find our greatest success. In Jesus Christ, it's in our moments of greatest surrender that we find our greatest success. And as you're walking along in this life and you're experiencing trouble and you're experiencing hardship and you're experiencing tribulation, whether because of a physical war you've had to fight and you've had to battle or because of a spiritual war that you feel like you're battling and fighting in right now, the, the, the desired outcome is reached based on the same path, a willingness to surrender and throw my hands up and say, God, this is about you. This is about your will. This is about your plan. This is about your strength. This cannot be about me. And when we understand that truth, we find success even in the middle of great trial. In the book of Genesis, I I have that verse on on screen. Genesis chapter 35. You guys go to this verse. Um, In Genesis chapter 35, the Old Testament records Jacob doing what we're doing this weekend. Jacob experienced a season of hardship and a season of struggle. And God granted him victory because he surrendered to the plan of God. He said, God, what you're asking me to do, it doesn't really make sense, but I'm going to do what you're asking me to do. I'm going to follow your lead. I'm going to, I'm going to do the plan that you're calling me to do. Situation that he couldn't have had victory in otherwise. So in Genesis chapter 35 and verse 1, God says to Jacob, go up to Bethel and settle there and build an altar there to God who appeared to you when you were fleeing from your brother Esau. Let me just say something here really briefly. It seems like in, in moments where we're trying to hide from trouble and trials in life, that God manifests his presence to us most profoundly. So if you're in that situation where you're, you're feeling like trouble is following you like a shadow, you're feeling like the things of this life are almost overwhelming you, I challenge you to endure because it's in those moments that our God manifests his presence in your life most profoundly. That's what happens to Jacob as he's fleeing Esau. God makes his presence known, leads Esau out of danger, and then God later instruct, God makes his presence known, leads Jacob out of danger, and then God instructs Jacob to go to the place where God appeared to him and build an altar there. 
I could have pointed to a number of different times in the scriptures where people are building these little mounds of stone to God. When they, when they cross the Jordan River into the promised land. This instance in Genesis 35 when Jacob builds this altar to God. Now, I've asked myself a lot, what are these guys doing? You know, this is kind of a weird practice. Uh, these guys are building these mounds of rocks when God does something incredible in their lives. Let me tell you what I believe God is asking these individuals to do. God is asking these individuals to mark a place where he did something powerful in their lives so they can remember it. And in that memory, they can find motivation. God asks them to mark a place where he's done something incredible in their life so that they can remember what he has done. And in the remembrance of that thing, they can find motivation in times of struggle. And can I challenge you today to look towards the men and women who have given their lives in service to this country as a way for you to be encouraged and motivated To live out the legacy that they've left for you and for me. When I'm in a difficult situation, I often try to look back in my life and remember those same kinds of moments. One of the biggest for me is watching my wife walk down the aisle to me. Okay, My wife is this beautiful young lady who's way out of my league. And when I'm standing in, in my wedding and I see her walking down the aisle, it's like God telling me, son... You won. This is your biggest blessing. This is the greatest moment of your life. And and, and I've been living in that great moment for the last 11 years. And so when I'm feeling anxious about something or I'm in the middle of trial or trouble or tribulation and I think about God giving me a bride who's way out of my league, and some of you gentlemen need to shout amen right there because y'all got the same deal I did, married way out of y'all's league, right? And I think, man, God, God trusted me. This is what I think, if I could share my heart with you this morning. God trusted me with that treasure. I think often of my three precious kids. And thankfully, they are all more um, uh, significantly stamped with their mother's DNA than mine, right? And I think the same thing. I think, God, you, you gave me these precious treasures. You trust me with these kids, that you would give them to me. The memory of that gift motivates me. I think about my career, the ability to to teach and preach at this church, and I think the same thing. And I think about my addiction and struggles that I've been through in times. God bailed me out of situations from which there was no rational way out, guys, and I can't share all of that with you, but just take my word for it. So many times in my life, God's removed me or freed me from situations from which there was no logical escape. And in my mind, I think back to those moments and they motivate me in the present. And and what the enemy wants to do in our lives is he wants to remove from our memory those moments of victory so we can't be motivated by them anymore. And in this nation that we live in, we've decided to celebrate those individuals who surrendered their lives so that we can be motivated to continue to press forward as a result of their sacrifice. And that's my challenge for you, is to use this Memorial Day weekend, not just as the start of your summer, 
But as the start of a new level of motivation, as you remember the times in your life that God's done something profound for you. In the Old Testament, they had these mounds of stones. And when they walked by these mounds of stones, they'd be encouraged. They'd think, man, God appeared to Jacob in this moment and God granted him victory when there was none. Or God led the Israelites across the Jordan River, which was overflowing its banks at the time they were going to cross. And, and God granted them victory. Praise God that that's the God we serve. In the Old Testament, they had these piles of rocks that they could look to for motivation. But for us, after the Bible was written, we have the hill of Mount Calvary that we can look to that should motivate us in any trial we face. This is a new sermon series we're doing called At the Movies. And we're going to be using um, uh, movie clips to kind of illustrate what we're going to be speaking about. The movie I want you to just jot down, it's worth watching if you haven't seen it. It's at least worth researching if you've got a little extra time on your hand today. The movie's called We Were Soldiers. And it tells the story of the Vietnam War. And in the Vietnam War, there was a really significant battle that was fought called the Battle of Aya Drong. And in this particular battle, um, 400 U.S. troops are dropped in the middle of a jungle area next to a river. And they take on 2,400 North, North Vietnamese militants. And lots of men lost their lives. But the United States military in that battle won. And the reason that they were able to win is because they understood that they were fighting for something greater than themselves. And because they banded together and they were willing to look at those who had already surrendered their lives and to embrace the mission and to push forward no matter what, not giving up. And not every soldier came home. And the ones that did honored those who were left because they understood something. They understood that those who gave their lives didn't just do it to leave a legacy for those who survived to live out, but to also show them what true love really looked like. I've got a movie clip that I want you to watch that kind of illustrates this point. You guys play that clip.
In the Gospel of John, in the 15th chapter, our Lord Jesus Christ talks to us about what true love is like. And I've studied this, this idea for a long time. About three years ago, I became really interested in how we can have true joy, complete joy in our lives. And I was researching this. I was drawn to John chapter 15 because Jesus says, I've told you this so that my joy could be in you. And this next phrase is what stood out to me for a couple of years. And your joy might be, everybody say this word with me, complete. So when our Lord Jesus tells us where we can find complete joy, I'm really interested in what he has to say. And what what Jesus says in John chapter 15 is that I've told you this, what he's about to say, so that my joy might remain in you and your joy might be Complete. So where does complete joy come from? Let me tell you based on John chapter 15. The Bible says, My command is this. If you want complete joy, here's the command. Here's the secret. Love each other as I have loved you. Well, Jesus, that sounds great, but what kind of love is that? What do you mean? You've done miracles. You've raised the dead. You've fed thousands. You've walked on water. What kind of love are you talking about? And he says it's the kind of love that could be called sacrificial love. That's the love of Jesus. He says, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this. He answers the question, what does my look like? What does my love look like? It looks like laying down one's life for one's friends. Those are the three things I've been thinking about over this Memorial Day weekend. I've been thinking, man, trouble just seems to follow us like a shadow sometimes. Everywhere we go, there's always a pitfall. There's always a mistake to make. There's always a shortcoming. And in those moments, what we have to do, if we're going to be granted victory, is we've got to surrender. We've got to be willing to get humble and say, God, it's going to take you to see me through this. The more of Trent that's involved, the likelier the defeat will be. The more you involve, the greater the level of my success. So, God, in this moment, I surrender. And in Christ, the greater the surrender, the greater the success. And in times in our life when we do surrender and we're granted victory, we need to look back on those moments in our mind. We need to remember those moments And those moments should motivate us the next time we experience hardship. And not only that, but but when we're we're thinking about life and those who have really battled and, and, and sacrificed, we're moved to remember their love. And not only their love, but the love our Lord Jesus Christ had for us. And I think often about what it takes for Christians to be obedient. How do we really grow in Christ? How do we really love like Christ? How do we really survive this life that we're living in where trouble follows us like a shadow? And the way we do that is by becoming willing to lay our life down for His calling. 
Now, in the context of Memorial Day, what, what, what it seems like I'm talking about there is our physical life. And I do believe, friend, listen to me, before we wrap, I want you to hear this. I do believe that God is calling you to completely become totally willing to surrender every single thing for, for the sake of the gospel, even if, it's your, even if it's your physical life. But I believe for most of us, what he's asking us to physically surrender is our level of comfort. And, I, and that's where my struggle really is. Am I willing to surrender some of the things I'm comfortable with if that's what God's calling me to in this season? Now, I think there's a second piece of this that I want to focus on too, and that is a, a spiritual surrendering of your life. Some of you, under the sound of my voice, are in the midst of spiritual battles right now. The enemy's attacked. He's trying to deceive. He's trying to get you to forget those moments in your past where God's granted you victory. You're feeling overwhelmed like there's no escape, like there's no possibility of victory. And God's telling you, if you'll surrender spiritually to me, I'll grant you the victory that you seek. That's my challenge to each of you this morning, is that we'd be moved by the men and women who served in our arms, armed forces that surrendered their lives for us. And in remembering them and their legacy, we're moved to remember Jesus Christ himself who gave his all for us. And that in the moment today that we're struggling with, that we would be willing to follow in those men and women and in the, in the Lord Jesus Christ himself's footsteps and lay down our lives, whether it be physically or spiritually, so that we can be obedient and victorious today. Please bow with me while we close our services. I want to pray, and if you need to respond after I pray, I invite you to stand while we sing and and respond this morning. Let's pray. Precious Heavenly Father, I come before you so thankful uh, to live in a nation where we can worship you boldly and directly and clearly. And God, I thank you for every man and woman who has sacrificed their life the greatest sacrifice of all, so that we could enjoy that freedom here in this great nation. God, my mind is moved also to remember and be thankful for the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ, who made himself nothing and emptied himself out completely, getting humble and taking on the form of a servant and becoming obedient even unto death, the humiliating death, He experienced on the cross of Calvary. And he died so that my sins and the sins of every person on earth could be forgiven. And there are some here this morning that are fighting battles, some in the physical and some in the spiritual. And you're calling them to do the same. You're calling them to come and surrender. You're calling them to come and die. And in you, if they will lay down their life, they will be raised to walk a brand new one. And I just ask any here who are in the middle of a battle, of a trial, of a season of struggle, that they would lay down their level of comfort and that they would get humble and they would come forward today and let us encourage them and pray with them and love on them as they surrender more fully to you. We love you, Lord, and we thank you so much. It's in the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Please stand with me while together we say fully to you. We love you, Lord, and we thank you so much. It's in the precious name of Jesus we pray.